Tanisha's in the house. Fantastic. All right. Oh, a couple moments behind. Boy, who, who had to take a boat to get here tonight? Yeah. To boom. Boom. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome to the Fort Lauderdale Primary Purpose Big Book Study Group. To prepare for our Big Book Study, let's get focused by having a three-minute moment of silent meditation, followed by the fog light prayer. Good evening, everybody. I'm a recovered alcoholic. My name's Mike Chase. I'm a recovered alcoholic. My name is Fred. Hi, Fred. Thanks for joining us tonight. We're going to start that there meditation in a minute or so. So please take a moment to get situated, get comfortable, spread out. Don't want it to turn into nap time, though. Yeah, turn off all devices that make noise or will distract others for the duration of the meeting. Um, the coffee area will be closed for this portion of the meeting so as to minimize distractions. And please try and refrain from disturbing others by talking or constantly getting up and sitting back down. For meditation, some suggestions are focus on your breath. Have your eyes closed. The lights are going to go down. The monk music is going to be playing in the background, basically to cover up the body sounds, the gurglings and whatnot. Concentrate on the air coming in. Feel it coming through your nose. Let it med- med- just marinate in your lungs a little bit and then let it out with a... Yeah, take this time Stay to get focused on that. Take this time to get reconnected to God. Let the craziness of the day drift away and ask God to help you stay focused on the study. Yeah, so light's going to go down. We'll see you guys in three minutes.
For those, those who are lost, sick, and dying, and, and find, find your love, love through, us. through us. We got a secretary report, and that would be Scott, everybody. Hey, Scott. Hello, everyone. I'm your recovered alcoholic secretary. My name is Scott. Hey, Scott. In keeping with the seventh tradition, which states that every group shall be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions, the baskets are now going around. I have asked Pete... To please join me up here and read the recovered statement. We read this notice to explain why many people in this group identify as recovered rather than recovering and what it exactly means to be a recovered alcoholic. Hi, I'm a recovered alcoholic. My name is Peter. Hey, Peter. Recovered. We are not cured of alcoholism. Recovered, but not cured. That presents a conflict to some alcoholics. <clears throat> if we were cured we would not be able to drink responsibly. If we were cured, we would be able to drink responsibly. No, we are not cured. The allergenic reaction to alcohol will remain with us for our lifetime. But we have been restored to sanity. That was the problem. The main problem of the alcoholic centers in the mind rather than in the body. We are now sane where alcohol is concerned. Consequently, we have recovered. 
Thank you, Peter. We believe in sponsorship. 1940-style big book sponsorship from forward sec to second edition, Alcoholics Anonymous of Alcoholics who came to AA and really tried. 50% got sober at once and remained that way. 25% sobered up after some relapses. Among the remainder, those who stayed with AA showed improvement. What we've seen, felt, come to believe, and experience is that God has not changed over time, and neither should the sacred approach back to his loving arms. The statistics above suggest a 75% plus success rate. My good friend Mark is in the back, ready to make you a deal on CDs, mugs, large print, big books, little red books, and big book dictionaries. He's got quite a steal going on tonight, I guess. We have an announcement. Let's see here. On this weekend, Whoa. Fellowship of the Spirit, the Wyndham Deerfield Beach Resort, Mickey and Mary M. from Denver, Colorado will be in attendance. I think you can still get these online. Who's our guest speakers, too? Yes, speakers are Pat R. Pat R. And Marion W. And Marion W. Oh, Marion W. Hello, Marion. How are you? On a personal note, I'd like to invite you to meet Zach and me, the Little River Club, on Wednesdays starting at 7 o'clock. We're doing a big book study ourselves. Thank you. Timelines. If you want to get to know us better and help us set up and do some service work, we meet here at 5.30. At 6.30, we have coffee and conversation. At 7.12, you'll hear the bells ring downstairs, and the Road to Recovery tune will start. We ask you to be in your seats at 7.15, ready for the monks to chant you into the meeting. I hope you hear what you came to hear tonight, and we'll see you next week. Thank you, Scott. From the forward of the first edition of Alcoholics Anonymous, we of Alcoholics Anonymous are more than 100 men and women who have recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. To show other alcoholics precisely how we have recovered is the main purpose of this book and, and of this group. group. From there to the solution, also from the big book. The tremendous factor of every one of us is that we have discovered a common solution. We have a way out on which we can absolutely agree and upon which we can join in brotherly and harmonious action. This is the great news this book carries to those who suffer from alcoholism. So this is an open meeting. As such, all who have an interest in alcoholism and the program of recovery are welcome. Because this is an open meeting, you need not identify yourself nor your reason for being here. If you do not wish to do so, your anonymity will be protected. We ask that you protect ours. On the topic of that, this is a uh, podcast meeting. If you do not want to be on the interwebs, when the question and answer format comes around, the mic comes to you, just make a funny voice, pass the mic, do whatever you feel. Can see a show of hands of people joining us for the very first time in person here. Cool, we got one yeah. Where are you from? Montana. Visiting from Montana. Wow. Can we have a show of hands of recovered alcoholics? And leave your hands up. If your hand's not up, I recommend you talk to the folks whose hands are. Get you connected to God. Happy, joyous, and free. While this is an open meeting, membership in this group is limited to those who wish to recover from alcoholism and have a desire to stop drinking for good and all. Each member of Alcoholics Anonymous is a potential sponsor of a new member and should clearly recognize the obligations and duties of such a responsibility. I'm looking forward to the traditions tonight. 11, right? Yeah, that's going to be good. Not yet. I'm just, just like I heard you. It's like, we got two more 12. amazing oh, nights. Okay, oh, is this 12. your last night tonight? Last, last session. This okay. is 12 tonight? Wow, did we, we forgot to bring the... Okay, cool. So, 
Does anybody need a big book? We have a few loners. Yeah, who snuck by the welcoming folks and didn't get a book tonight? Good. Everybody should have a book in front of you. Sounds good. All right. Now it's that time. Before we begin our study of the big book, last week we reviewed Tradition 11. Yes. Tonight, let's take a quick review of Tradition 12. Please refer to the unabridged big book, page 562, and in the little abridged book, page 177. Welcome, Lexi. Lexicon. Hi. Hi. Hello, everyone. My name is Lexi, and I'm a recovered alcoholic. And this is actually and truly Tradition 12. Yes. The last hurrah. Doesn't you recap them next week again? Yeah, I believe so. I believe so. (laughs) Tradition 12. All right. Anonymity. I'm going to have to say that like a hundred times is the spiritual foundation of all of our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities and in the long form. And finally, we of Alcoholics Anonymous believe that the principle of anonymity has an immense spiritual significance. It reminds us that we are to place principles before personalities, that we are actually to practice a genuine humility, this to the end that our great (laughs) blessings may never spoil us, that we shall forever lie in thankful contemplation of him who presides over us all. All right. Anonymity used to really honestly confuse me a little bit. When I first came into the rooms, I chalked it up to absolutely nothing more than confidentiality. I just kind of figured that everyone was super embarrassed to be here, And that they more or less wanted to protect their reputations and their relationships and their jobs. And I was absolutely one of those people. In the beginning, I was full of fear and absolutely ashamed that I could be an alcoholic. So it made sense that anonymity was a way to keep my affiliation with AA a well-guarded secret. It made sense that it was a way to keep other people's affiliation with AA a well-guarded secret. And it made sense not to scare a potential newcomer from potentially seeking the help that they desperately need because they shared that same fear and shame. And then I started reading the book. And then we all read, it is important that we remain anonymous because at present we are too few to handle the overwhelming number of personal appears which may result from the publication. Being mostly business and professional folk, we could not well carry our occupations in such an event. And that was interesting. I was like, ah. That's kind of not what I thought it was. And then I kind of learned about traditions and anonymity at the public level and self-appointed messiah speaking on behalf of AA and not selling personalities and everything that we kind of went over last week in Tradition 11. And I was kind of busy looking for the right or the real reason that our society is anonymous or when it transitioned or why that I couldn't really grasp that all of, all of these things are true. I mean, we're anonymous for all of these reasons. Anonymity protects the individual member, and it protects the good of the fellowship. Anonymity is what gets and what, and what keeps us well. And what anonymity really is, as we observe it in AA, is a simple expression of humility. By not taking credit for our own or for others' recovery, anonymity is humility at work. So it's not just the word or the act, but this principle of anonymity. It has great spiritual significance, and it's the foundation of a lot of our principles, of all of our, all of our principles. And if we take a look back over the past 12 weeks and things that we've talked about, 
you can clearly see humility kind of interwoven into a lot of ones that we've talked about. One, our common welfare should come first rather than our personal one. <clears throat> Two, God may, as he may express himself in our group conscious, not our soul conscious. Five, our primary purpose. And part of this humility is, is placing principles before personalities. And that means that we practice honesty, humility, compassion, tolerance, and patience with everyone, regardless if we like them or not. Tradition 12 reminds us that we have something stronger than our human personalities to rely on. Our principles come first, and luckily they're not our own invention. When we get out of our way a little, it leaves room for God. So 12-step asks us to apply principles in all of our affairs, and the 12 tradition suggests that we apply them to our relations with everyone. And that is what I have on Tradition 12, all of the traditions. Thank you for having me, allowing me to be of service. It's been real. Well done. Nice. Ryan's next, right? Yes. Ryan's Ryan's next. next. Ooh. All right. In order to help us stay focused as we begin the Big Book Study tonight, we use the Big Book Study Guide prepared by Joe and Charlie in the Krusty Cliff of the Dallas Primary Purpose Group. So tonight we have a special reader. She flew in all the way from Montana. She is a person who actually was some, had some relations with uh, Krusty Cliff in the sponsorship realm. And her name is Kelly. And let's give her a round of applause. She'll tell us about herself. Come on up, Kelly. Yeah. Tonight we are going to begin on page 131-ish, which will be read from tonight, which-ish. After the page is read, we are going to ask questions from the podium, starting back at the top of page 132, 131-ish. The answers will be one sentence, unless otherwise specified. And multi-part questions are simply a one-sentence answer, split up by semicolons, hyphens, Commas and other fun bits of punctuation. Yeah, you can actually turn to 129 to get yourself prepped up a little bit. So what Fred said in English, for the folks who've never been here before, what it means is we're going to have Kelly read some pages once through, and then we're going to re-dissect the pages she just read a second time through a question and answer format. Notice how the language in the questions gives us new light in which to consider the study material. Why is this important? This is important because hearing the question and rereading the content offers a definite way of comprehending the material covered. After we have completed the page, that's when we open up for comments, questions, and observations based on what we have just read. If you have spiritual experiences with this information, you are free to share. And if you don't have experience, feel free to ask questions, listen along. Once again, if we start going down spiritual rabbit holes, we have, oh, Kelly will hold us accountable and pull us right out of that. (laughs) So you actually worked some steps with Krusty Cliff. Yeah. And it was Krusty. Uh, there was no nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> I heard stories that he used to walk around his home group and give people little notes that said, why don't you shut up till you figure out what's going on here? Did I don't know. Did he ever know. do that to you? No. I, uh, I, uh, he was my online sponsor. Yeah. He started a group on Skype. Uh, and I, I believe he was still involved up until his death. So he was pretty crusty, huh? Yeah. Cranky? No, he he was kind, but he was to the point. Cool. <laughs> no bouncing around there. So remember, big book, sponsor, big book study is not therapy. Should you begin sharing a topic which is more appropriately discussed with your spouse? 
sponsorship family, a psychiatrist or attorney. Don't be offended when Kelly cuts that conversation short. For that purpose, we have fellowship meetings before and after our study time. You can never go wrong by commenting on the page. This brings us to one of the words of the co-founders, Alcoholics Anonymous. Sobriety, freedom from alcohol through the teaching and practice of the 12 steps is the sole purpose of any Alcoholics Anonymous group. So we did not just wake up this morning and call each other and say, hey, let's do page 131 of the family afterwards. We actually started 73 weeks, 73 weeks ago on page zero, which is where we start uh, when we start working with newcomers, hopefully in the forwards, in the preference. It's an opportunity to let the person know what they're getting involved with, some history of Alcoholics Anonymous. And, you know, it's like it's sort of nice to know what you what you're getting into, you know. We don't want to do bait and switch. We want to be up and honest. This is what Alcoholics Anonymous started as. This is what its purpose is. And this is what we hope you to get out of it. Because you suffer from a really terrible disease, which we go into depth in. Doctor's opinion. And once you hit the doctor's opinion, after you learn where you come from and why we got started, you learn what you suffer from, which is a threefold disease. Mind, body, and spirit. Mind being the mental obsession. Spirit being the disconnection from God, kind of like the hole in the soul. And the physical part, which would be the phenomenon of craving, which is the manifestation of the allergy. And something I like to always add is it talks about working with a drunk right away. And one of the greatest forms of communications people have with each other is through storytelling. So we have a chapter called Bill's Story, which brings the forwards, the doctor's opinions to life. It shows the progression of alcoholism, his fun, his struggles, his inability to control and enjoy, and a solution and a whole new way of life, which is based on a process of having a spiritual experience, which we talk about in... There's a solution, and (laughs) there's a solution, It, it basically talks about a spiritual experience and that is the solution how do you get one through working the 12 steps it talks about how fear doesn't keep you sober how self-knowledge doesn't keep you sober and then it brings you to a chapter on there's more about alcoholism if you're like me it's like i i wanted the least amount of least amount of effort with the most amount of results when i first came to alcoholics anonymous i just wanted to like make the coffee sit and show up early leave a little late and get sober and it never worked for me you know I, I, I agreed with some of the things that they set up on the banners about the steps and whatnot like that, but I wasn't really willing to go to the work until I read the chapter called More About Alcoholism, which explains what happens to people like me, a real alcoholic, who has the knowledge, who has the willingness, and the complete inability to stop and control my drinking on that makes me a real alcoholic, which means I have the relationship with God in order to have a spiritual experience. And I don't know about you, but I had some issues with God when I first came in here, so we have a whole chapter called... We Agnostics, and We Agnostics basically, it does. It pins you in a corner to say, who are you to say there's no higher power? Who are you to say there's no God? It's going to challenge you to what you think you know, and it's going allow you to have a new experience with god so then we sit around for about six months and just think about that don't we no we get into action we have a chapter called how it works (laughs) we need to have a relationship with god asap so in order to have a relationship with god i have to find out what's blocking with god so i make a decision to start a process i make a decision to turn my will which is my thinking and my life which is my actions over to the care of understanding of my God of misunderstanding. That's the third step. And the best way to develop that relationship is to find out what's blocking me. Hence our fourth step. Resentments, fears, sexual conduct, and harms to others. I find out exactly what's blocking me from God and I know everything, don't I? Once you give your life to God, you go into action and it's the seven-step wonder. You, um, you take that fifth step and you, well, excuse me, you do a fifth step with your sponsor. That sponsor is going to be guided by God. They're kind of going to direct you with the list of character defects. Once you have those, you can go to eight and nine. You take that list, that um, inventory, and you kind of make a men's list and you put it together. Now, soon, maybe never. And um, those all change considering and then you can get to 10 and 11, and 10 and 11 is kind of like your daily directions. You wake up, start your day with the God buffet, you go to bed, you kind of end your day with a little nightly inventory. 
Who knows what foreshadowing is? Good. <laughs> we have the forwards, the doctor's opinion, Bill's story. There's a solution. More about alcoholism. We agnostics foreshadows one thing. You're going to be working with drunks someday if you want to stay happy, sober, and free. So we got a whole chapter on how to work with others. Well, actually, it's how to do a 12-step call, a successful 12-step call. How to give them information that makes them feel like they're completely hopeless. And then give them some information (laughs) and a solution that gives them hope. So hopefully you can go and read the book with them and help them get connected to God so they can in turn go help with others. Oh, by the way, there's a whole bunch of people we really affected. So we have a few chapters to them. And the first one is to the the wives. And I mean, it's kind of like a version of working with others, but it's literally to the wives and into wives. It is going to list off different types of alcoholics. The wife is going to be reading this. They're kind of going to figure which one they're dealing with. And it also gives them a solution on how to deal with them. So once we're deal, we figure out how to deal with the wives. It's time to get the family involved, too. It's called to the family afterward, not after dad gets sober, not after mom and dad move in with each other, after they have been, after they've been introduced to the program of recovery found in the book of Alcoholics Anonymous. How do we deal with dad getting sober? How do we deal with dad in early recovery? How do we deal with dad trying to teach us that we're doing things wrong in religion and spirituality? How to get along with each other? A whole chapter called fa- uh, The Family Afterward, which we've been doing on four weeks now. This is, I believe, our fourth session. First part was, you know, basically just... Uh, Saying, give dad some space. He's going to be a little bit out of control for a while, which is better than coming home drunk and beating y'all, ain't it? So give him some space. Mm-hmm. Give him some hope. You know, you, you know, really, we had to go back and, and remember what our lives were before we got sober. You know, we get in here and we quickly forget the, the doo-doo we put family members through, you know? So these people are, 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 a lot of these people are reading the family afterwards are still in the doo-doo phase, you know. <laughs> Dad has not become a big book thumper yet. Or he still hasn't started to make up for his past. So this is getting the family some preparation on how to deal with this change appropriately and, and give Dad his, his room to get well. So we're going to have Miss Kelly from Montana <laughs> get a load of this. How long of a drive to get to a meeting? Uh, an hour. And this isn't on a horse, is it? No, it's, it's on uh, a car. The closest meeting to my home is an uh, is an hour away, fifty miles away. Now, general service has a has an actual term for the folks who have difficulty getting meetings. Do you know what that is? By no, chance? I don't. The remote. They call them remote. Yeah, remote. The remoteies. People just like oh. we. What was that? Four minutes, and I'm home group. I, uh, right. I, I go I go to meetings. You must with, listen to a lot of groups then. Yeah, I I used to listen to you guys when I'd, I'd sing, I'm on the road, going to work in the morning, you know. <laughs> I'd listen to you on the way to work. I'd listen to you at work. I'd be having a bad, bad day and I'd listen. Aww. But I also go to, I, I, I get to go to meetings with people from all over the world online. And it helps so many people that, that are disabled, that live out in the country like I do. And whereas... They would have no solution and no way out. Yeah. So Fantastic. that to me is a miracle, right? Glad you yeah. showed that. So cool. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to have you start reading on page 129. And uh, let's start with uh, a, a happy note. If the family cooperates. See that one? Yep. Yep. Look, right <clears throat> if Look the at fam- she's got, you got little sticker things all over the place. <laughs> I love it. Right? It's just amazing. <laughs> if the 
family cooperates, Dad will soon see that he is suffering from a distortion of values. He will perceive that his spiritual growth is lopsided, that for an average man like himself, a spiritual life which does not include his family obligations may not be so perfect after all. If the family will appreciate that Dad's current behavior is but a phase of his development, all will be well. In the midst of an understanding and sympathetic family, these vagaries of dad's spiritual infancy will quickly disappear the opposite may happen should the family condemn and criticize dad may feel that for years for years his drinking has placed him on the wrong side of every argument but but that now he has become a superior person with god on his side if the family persists in criticism this fallacy may take still a greater hold on father instead of treating the family as he should he may, treat, he may retreat further into himself and feel he has spiritual justification for doing so. Though the family does not fully agree with dad's spiritual activities, they should let him have his head. Even if he displays a certain amount of neglect and irresponsibility towards the family, it is well to let him go as far as he likes in helping other alcoholics. During those first days of convalescence, this will do, more, <clears throat> will do more to ensure his sobriety than anything else. Though some of his manifestations are alarming and disagreeable, we think Dad will, f- will be a firmer, on a firmer foundation than a man who is placing business or professional success ahead of spiritual development. He will be less likely to drink again, and anything is preferable to, to that. Those of us who have spent much time in the world of spiritual make-believe have eventually seen the childishness of it. This dream, dream world has been replaced by a great sense of purpose accompanied by a growing conscience of the power of God in our lives. We have come to believe he would like us to keep our heads in the clouds with him, but that our feet ought to be firmly planted on earth. That is where our fellow travelers are, and that is where our work must be done. These are realities for us. We have found nothing incompatible between a powerful spiritual experience and a life of sane and happy usefulness. One more suggestion. Whether the family has spiritual convictions or not, they may do well to examine the principles by which the alcoholic member is trying to live. They can hardly fail to to approve these simple principles— though the head of the house still fails somewhat in practicing them. <clears throat> Nothing will help the man who is off on a spiritual tangent so much as, a wife, as the wife who adopts a sane spiritual program, making better practical use of it. There will be other profound changes in the household. Liquor incapacitated father for so many years that mother became head of the house. She met these responsibilities gallantly. By force of circumstances, she was often obliged to treat father as a as a sick or wayward child. Even when he wanted to assert himself, he could, not <clears throat> he could not, for his drinking, place him constantly in the wrong. Mother made all the plans and gave the directions, when sober father usually obeyed. Thus mother, through no fault of her own, become accustomed to wearing the family trousers. Father coming to, suddenly to life again often begins to assert himself. This means trouble. Unless the family watches for these tendencies in each other and comes to a friendly agreement about them. So this is the next part she's going to start reading. It's going to be our study phase. 
So, <laughs> want a glass of water? No, I'm fine. Okay, Thank great. You. <laughs> we only got 18 more pages to it. Okay. <laughs> Drinking isolates most homes from the outside world. Father may have laid aside for years all normal activities, clubs, civic duties, sports. When he renews interest in such things, a feeling of jealousy may arise. The family may feel they hold a mortgage on dad so big that no equity should be left for outsiders. Instead of developing new channels of activity for themselves, mother and children demand that he stay home and make up, make up the deficiency. At the very beginning, the couple ought to frankly face the fact that each will have to yield here and there. And there, if the family is going to play an effective part in the new life, father will necessarily spend much time with other alcoholics, but this activity should be balanced. New acquaintances who know nothing of alcoholism might be made (coughs) and thoughtful consideration given to their needs. The problem of the community might engage attention. Though the family has no religious connections, they may wish to make make contact with or take membership in a religious body. Alcoholics who have derided religious people will be helpful by such contacts. Being possessed of a spiritual experience, the alcoholic will find he has much in common with these people, though he may differ with them on many matters. If he does not argue about religion, he will make new friends and is sure to find new avenues of usefulness and pleasure. He and his family can be a bright spot in such congregations. He may bring new hope and new courage to many a priest, minister, or rabbi who gives his all to minister our troubled world. We intend the foregoing as as a helpful suggestion only. So far as we are concerned, there is nothing obligatory about about it. As a non-denominational people, we cannot make up others' minds for them. Each individual should consult his own conscience. We have been speaking to you of serious and sometimes tragic things. We have been dealing with alcohol in its worst aspect, but we are not a glum lot. If newcomers could see no joy or fun in our existence, they wouldn't want it. We absolutely insist on enjoying life. We try not to indulge in the cynicism over the state of the nations, nor do we carry the world's troubles on our shoulders. When we see a man sinking into the mire of alcoholism, we give him first aid and place him, place what we have at his disposal. For his sake, we do not, re- we do not recount and almost relive the hours of our past. <laughs> Those of us who have tried to shoulder the entire burden of the trouble of others find we soon are overcome by them. So we're going to start asking. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going um, to start asking the questions on 131. We got Fred running around the floor today. Oh, thank you, Ryan. <laughs> Drinking isolates what from what? <laughs> Drinking isolates most homes from the outside world. Um, father may have abandoned what other part of his life while drinking. Father may have laid aside for years all normal activities, clubs, civic duties, sports. When he gets involved in these things again, what might happen? When he renews interest in such things, a feeling of jealousy may arise. What may the family feel? The family may feel that they hold a mortgage on dad so big that no equity should be left for outsiders. Hmm. Instead of getting back into normal activities, the family may do what? 
Instead of developing new channels of activity for themselves, mother and children demand that he stay home and make up for the deficiency. In the early days of sobriety, the mother and father should do what? At the very beginning, the couple ought to frankly face the fact that each will have to yield here and there if the family is going to play an effective part in the new life. Cooperation and balance. What will father find it necessary to do? At the, very be- at the very beginning, the couple ought to frankly base the fact that each will have to yield here and there if the family is going to play an effective part in the new life. Cool. The next sentence will be, father what will, will father find it necessary to do? Father will, fi- will necessarily spend much time w- with other alcoholics, but this activity should be balanced. Yeah. What kind of new acquaintances might he might be made? New acquaintances who know nothing of alcoholism might be made and thoughtful consideration given their needs. Thank you. What about the community in which we live? The problems of the community might engage attention. What about the possibility of joining a religious body? Though the family has no religious connections, they may wish to make contact with the <clears throat> with or take membership in a religious body. We got a next paragraph coming up. Could this prove to be helpful? Alcoholics who have what's that word? Deride deride religion religious people will be helped by such contact. We got a two part question for this next person. Now that the alcoholic is recovered, what made he find and B, will he now agree with religious folks without question? Being possessed of wait, being possessed of a spiritual experience, the alcoholic will find he has much in common with these people, though he may differ with them on many matters. Oh yeah. What if he does not engage in debate with religious matters? What will happen? <laughs> If he does not argue about religion, he will make new friends and is sure to find new avenues of usefulness and pleasure. What can he and his family prove to be? He and his family can be a bright spot in such congregations. Surprisingly enough, to whom may he bring new hope? He may bring new hope and new courage to many. A priest, a minister, or rabbi who gives his all to ministry to our troubled world. What is the intent of the for foregoing. We intend the foregoing as a helpful suggestion only. What is our attitude on this matter? So far as we are concerned, there is nothing obligatory about it. Hmm. What with what religious bodies are we affiliated with? As non-denominational people, we cannot make up others' minds for them. What should guide each individual in his matter? Each individual should consult his own conscience. Who's got one of those little flyers on the table with all the different spiritual options that we have? We got wow. a lot to choose from. We're going to talk yeah. about shopping eventually. Next, next question. What have we been speaking of so far? <clears throat> we have been speaking to you of serious, sometimes tragic things. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Specifically, we have been dealing with what? We have been dealing with alcohol in its worst aspect. But we sure aren't what? 
But we aren't a glum lot. What would happen to newcomers if they didn't see the fun we have? If newcomers could see no joy or fun in our existence, they wouldn't want it. What is it we really insist on? We absolutely insist on enjoying life. Two-part question. We try not to indulge in pessimism over what, nor do we try to shoulder what? We try not to indulge in cynicism over the state of the nations, nor do we carry the world's troubles on our shoulders. When we see a suffering alcoholic, what do we do? When we see a man sinking into the mire that is alcoholism, we give him first aid and place what we have at his disposal. For his benefit, what do we do? For his sake, we do not recount and almost relive the horrors of our past. Hmm, but, what do we, but what do we not do? But those of us who have tried to shoulder the entire burden and trouble of others find we are soon overcome by them. Open for comment, conversations, and experience. This has got some fun stuff here. Um, when the book first got written, like specifically the How It Works part, Bill had, if you've had the opportunity to read the original How It Works, it is just littered with yous and musts and have-tos and yous and musts and have-tos. And the therapeutic community just went bagoo on this. They, 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 they fought with Bill tooth and nail to have it changed to, to we. And, you know, to, to, they, basically, they said, you cannot take an alcoholic and tell them what they have to do. You have to let them do it on their own. And Bill's idea, concept at the time was like, well, if you're a real alcoholic, it, which you should realize at this point, you should be willing to do anything to do it, which is a grain of salt. You know, if you, if you know that you're dying of alcoholism and you, you're willing to do pretty much anything, but he also balanced that out that you don't want to tell us what to do. So if you take that into like page 130, 129, the way that they, they, they talk to us without talking to me, you know, when we're reading in, the, in How It Works and um, We Agnostics and Their Solution, especially when they're talking about the, the insanity of alcoholism, they're not pointing the fingers ever at us in that part saying, you know, the stuff you're doing is batshit crazy and you, you're, you're <laughs> loony doing it, you should be locked up. They're always referring to somebody else. Using another person's example, as we're reading that, we come to the conclusion of like, I'm just like that person. So I am the one who comes to the decision that I'm a little cuckoo puff and I need this help. You know, no one forced me mm -hmm. upon that. Same thing with reading we, more about alcohol or the, the family afterward. As a recovered alcoholic, as somebody who's going through the steps, it's great to read this stuff because they're talking about us in areas they wouldn't dare talk about us in the earlier part of the book. So, you know, as you get your guys through, gals through the books and stuff like that, definitely jump into this afterwards because this is great growth for us. allows us to, 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 to learn about ourselves without somebody telling us about who we are because we can point it to somebody else and then it's like, Oh, my God, I'm like that, too. And I think we got a hand in the corner. Petey. Peter Brett. <laughs> Hi, I'm recovered alcoholic. My name is Peter. Hey, Peter. Hi, Peter. Um, yeah, I have um, found a lot of comfort in um, seeking um, other different types of um, spiritual people, um, like in church and Native American meditation with like um, um, Eastern meditation and stuff like that, namely like yoga and um, you know I'm, I always try to to keep an open mind about <clears throat> other people's faiths and beliefs and so on and um, 
find it a real pleasure, you know, to learn and, and to be able to take part today in other people's um, spiritual journeys and spiritual paths. Um, I definitely am cautious, though, about trying to push anything on my family's table while I'm together with them and so on. Um, and not try to overwhelm them too much with too much spiritual talk about my own experience and so on. Um, I kind of like just try to let it happen and, um, I guess lead by like example and allow them to see the change in me and so on. And, um, by them acknowledging that, you know, that eventually open up an avenue for more discussion of maybe how that happened and so on and so forth. Because, um, my family, I mean, they've seen so many changes in me, you know, um, during my drinking and so on and, you know, how I transformed from one person to another and so on. So, you know, they they really question like whether I'm sincere or not. Um, so, you know, um, although they're, they're kind, you know, um, and, and, um, very long suffering with me, uh, they're, they're very cautious. So, you know, I need to lead first, you know, by example, um, instead of, you know, going up there ranting and raving about, you know, how I've been saved and changed. Thank you. Thank you. We got a Thank hand you. in the back. Zach, recovered alcoholic. Hi, Zach. Um, and I was just thinking as, as we were reading this that these chapters get a bad rap uh, sometimes. I mean, not from you, Mike Chase, but this seems to be when meeting attendance starts to fall off and people start to tune out because, well, I mean, it's not about me, so <laughs> how important could it be? Um, but I recently had a situation occur in my life where I was really grateful that I've read these chapters, and I don't share this to be in bad taste. Um, I just came back from a trip with my church to Guatemala, and we were in a rural village, very poor, um, dirt roads, you know, people living in tin shacks, um, and we went, uh, we went down this one dead-end street, and we met this woman um, who was living in one of the shacks, and we started to talk to her, and it turned out that her husband was an alcoholic. And, I mean, these are people that make the high, on the high end $8 a day. You know, they really can't support themselves anywhere near what we could here, even if we're making minimum wage. And, um, you know, she started to describe her situation, and it was very... A very desolate situation you know she depends on him for everything and and he would come home drunk and violent and um basically you know she was grateful to have someone to talk to and really desperate for some kind of answer you know because it seemed like you know he was possessed by like an evil spirit or something because that's what alcoholism really does start to look like especially when we get really bad and um, we were, you know, I don't have a, a wife and kids. I don't have a lot of experience with recovering in a family environment. And so that's why I'm grateful that I read these chapters. Um, because not only were we able to listen to, to this lady and be a relief for her in that way, but I was able to say with confidence, you know, if you live a spiritual life, there's a much better chance that he'll recover. And that I can base on the experience of the people that wrote this book. You know, that's why they wrote these chapters. And, I mean, probably the best advice in a situation where it's that bad would be to leave. But I don't think that that's an option, you know, in that situation. And um, in a place like that, uh, 
they can't trust their government. The church is the glue that holds everything together. And so that's where she said she was going to go, you know, and I think that this is just such, I mean, when we're reading it off the page and we haven't seen anything firsthand, it doesn't seem like much, but this is such valuable advice. And, um, uh, sometimes I wish some of the people I, I sponsor were as desperate as that lady was. But <laughs> that's all I got. Thanks. Imagine if you're a family member and you don't have any experience about this. This book helps you. Gives you an idea of how to start at least. Uh, hi, everyone. Uh, Vinny, uh, recovered alcoholic. Hi, Benny. Um, <laughs> thank you, Peter. Um, so, uh, I'm on page, uh, 132 and this really, um, stood out to me. Um, the second paragraph, um, we have been speaking to you of serious, sometimes tragic things. We have been dealing with alcohol and its worst aspect, but we aren't a glim lot. If newcomers could see no joy or fun in our existence, they wouldn't want it. We absolutely insist on enjoying life. Um, so I, this kind of like really hit me because, uh, I, I worked, um, all day, um, yesterday and I wasn't able to call my dad for father's day up, you know, until late at night and, um, ended up having like over an hour conversation with him and, um, my brothers and my, I have one brother that's an alcoholic, um, and he's out there, um, in California and it's really, really bad. Um, and, you know, talking to someone like my, my dad or my mom or people outside of the program that, that don't know what we know, like I'm uniquely qualified to help another alcoholic because, you know, I have this condition. Um, but you know, hearing my dad say all the, all these things to me, it's, um, You know, I, I could I could see why. You know, there's like sort of enabling going on and stuff. You know, and it's just love, and it's just a, a lot of misunderstanding. I think for, for the um, the aspect of like the family, and uh, you know, I reached out to I'm reaching out to my brother and trying to to help him because even my dad said he was he went out to see him in California. And, you know, like told him about, you know, what I was doing and that, you know, I have a job and that, you know, I'm doing well and I'm happy and things of that nature. Um, and I don't know. It's just. Um, yeah, it's attraction rather than promotion. It's just. Um, yeah, it's hard from the outside looking in, I could see that why we have this this chapter um that's all i'm going to say thank you for at the very beginning a couple out of frankly face the fact that each will have to yield here and there and the family is going to play an effective part in the new life compassion and compromise hi i am chris i'm a recovered alcoholic hey chris, hi, chris. Um, you know, God is the power of God and the power of this program is just amazing to me. Um, so we've been reading this now, I guess this is week four or week five to the family afterward. And, um, 
You know, last last week, a family member of mine reached out to me. He's an alcoholic. He's somebody I've known my whole life and uh, was just in a desperate spot. Uh, his wife is like nine months pregnant and was basically giving him the ultimatum, get, kicking him out. And he uh, was trying to get into treatment. So I tried to get him into treatment and tried to get him set up. But, you know, he's he's in the wind. I don't know where he is. But I after that, I talked with his, his uh, parents, my aunt and uncle. And it's like, I felt like, I, you know, God was kind of preparing me to have that experience through being here and through reading this book and through working with the men that I have the, the privilege to work with, um, just to see what this disease is and be able to explain it to somebody in a way that is, is helpful and makes any amount of sense to somebody when they're going through that. Because now, you know, they're thinking about a nude grandchild coming and their own son. They don't know what's what that situation is going to look like. And it's a very difficult, uh, ugly thing to have to experience. And so they, they have a little bit of experience in Al-Anon. They were actually going to the beach. Uh, they weren't involving themselves in that because they've already involved themselves in multiple other treatment centers and uh, money and help and over the years. And, and we've lost another family member to this disease too. But it was a bright spot. So it says here, um, <clears throat> he, br- he may bring hope and new courage to... Uh, okay. He can be a bright spot in such congregations. This is talking about a religious body, but... Uh, we can be something stable if we're recovered members of Alcoholics Anonymous and if we're prepared, if, if we're walking with God, that our families and our communities can actually see us and the way that we're living. And, of, of course, not perfect. Uh, you know, I have my own shortcomings and things. So, But I'm at least, you know, I'm sober. I'm not suffering from the obsession to drink, and I'm uh, I'm doing my best to walk with God and be stable. And that's something that means a lot to my family, I know, and, and um, you know, just keeping him in my in my prayers and, and uh, trying to help the people that do want the help. Uh, so that's that's all I got. Thank you. Now, on page 73, it's uh, the into action part. And they're, they're just prepping for step five. But at the same time, they're prepping us for how to deal with when we get to six and seven. And the, the second paragraph on page 73. Now, imagine this is, take this into account when the husband and the wife and the family members are trying to, figure out what this new dad is like. More than most people, the alcoholic leads a double life. He's very much the actor. To the outer world, he presents his stage character. There's, this is the one he likes his fellows to see. He wants to enjoy a certain reputation, but knows in heart he doesn't deserve it. They, got a, they have this whole concept of who dad is. When dad's not coming home tanked, drunk, he puts on this fake persona of who he wants them to see, and then he gets sober, and he's not like that person at all. How does a family deal with that? How do they accept that this isn't the dad we expected to get? This isn't the dad that they remember, if they can even remember it. So, you know, everything we've been reading today is just about getting to know, know people. Me and my roommate, you know, he was, he was out there running, and I was out there running, and yeah, I got sober, and then he got sober, and and then we're just trying. You know, it, it took a while for us to get a, to get a, a a common place where we could start a new friendship, a new relationship, and 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 we didn't have. I didn't have Al-Anon, and I didn't. We weren't talking about this stuff in AA, and I made a lot of mistakes and a lot of hurt feelings. So this stuff to the family afterwards would have certainly helped me, and it would have helped me if he had read it too. Definitely. <laughs> made my life easier <laughs> anybody else want to say share hi Frank Frank 
Hi, I'm Frank. I'm Hey, Hi, Frank. You know what? I um I was thinking um, you know uh, I. I, like a lot of my family doesn't live, none of my family lives around here, but um, I got myself into a situation like last year where, uh, yeah. where I, I um, let, a, let a, um, a roommate, I let a guy become my roommate and all this stuff. And, and I like, like I'm, I'm just, I'm just coming back. Like I got like a little over a month and, um, and uh you know, before I went out, it was like I was taking good care of myself. I was doing a lot of good things. You know what? My head was my head was um, pretty much like in the right place. But now it's like I've um, I after I went after I went out and all this stuff. It's like uh, I I got to a point of desperation where you know where. I had to get this program or I was going to die. That's kind of like where I felt like when I was coming out of detox. And um, so I, I, that very day that I came out of detox, I, um, I went right to my first meeting and I've been making a meeting every single day and I've been trying to do like um, all these positive things for myself. But um, the situation is that I have um, a roommate that... Um, will not let the fact that I have relapsed go. And he constantly um, puts me down for it. And um, so, I, like, I talked to my sponsor about it and all this stuff, and he's like, give, give him, like, a, a time to get out. You know what? It's like, I was so happy when I was living by myself. And the, the thing is, I pray now, which I never did. I don't really have that connection with God, but I, I hope to one day find that. And, um, and uh I'm running out of time. Um, I was just told. So uh, anyway, much. thank you. So your sponsor's got some good suggestions for you. This book has got some really great suggestions. By the way, can I see a show of hands of people who've relapsed before? So oh. tell him to just stay in his own hula hoop. You get happy, joyous, and free. You find God. You know, you, you don't let people abuse you. For some reason, Alcoholics Anonymous has found it acceptable to punish people for relapsing. The, the walk of shame for the white chip, the, the begging for some sponsors to take them back. That's BS. Yep. You're back. You got God on your side. My name is Kelly, and I'm an alcoholic. Kelly. Hey, Kelly. You go, Mike. Yeehaw. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, I, uh, every time I read Glum Lot, I choke up because I remember uh, <laughs> I walked up the doors to the Yelm group in Yelm, Washington, and, and um you know, you ever see one of those cars that's been in a really bad wreck and they're all mangled and distorted? And that's who I was. Mm-hmm. And here they all, all are out on the front porch smoking, drinking coffee, laughing, cutting up. And here comes Martin and Darren and I'm walking up, you know, mangled, beaten, broken. And, and they come walking up. You okay? My name's Darren. My name's Martin. It's and, you know, it's the dudes, of course. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> and they took me in and they took me under their wing. And um, that group, that group told me that they would love me until I could love myself. And we always laughed, you know, after the pain started going away and after, and I felt like I was home. So when I, uh, when I read, we are, we are not a glum lot. And if newcomers 
couldn't see any joy, why would we be here? I, I, I get choked up because that is so true. Because if it was uh, gloom and doom, and I think Joe and Charlie talk about it. You go to some meetings, you go in Philly feeling pretty good, and you want to cut your wrists when you get out. It's just, it's just not worth living anymore, you know? <laughs> I, I always laugh when I hear that because I've been there, done that, you know, been to those type of meetings. But I, I think my point being is, 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 is through God and the power of Alcoholics Anonymous, you know, um, here I am. I got this awesome sponsor and, and, and I listen to Mike Chase all the time on the podcast and I get to be here today. Boom. And it has nothing to do with me. Boom. Because if I had my way, you know, I'd be running and gunning. So, thanks for sharing. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Can you give us a yeehaw? Yeehaw. Okay, that's, that's pretty much I think Marion has her hand up after this one. <laughs> that after. Hi, I'm Kelly, recovered alcoholic. Hey, Kelly. Hi, Kelly. Hi. Kelly from Fort Lauderdale. <laughs> Kelly from Fort Lauderdale <laughs> with a Y. Give us a whoop whoop. <laughs> we are not a glum lot. <laughs> that's right, and a sober sister. So this is just singing to me. When we see a man sinking into the mire that is alcoholism, we give him first aid and place what we have at his disposal. For his sake, we do recount and almost relive the horrors of our past. Mm -hmm. But those of us who have tried to shoulder the entire burden and trouble of others find we are soon overcome by them. Ooh, golly. Mm. This just really, really stands out to me because... A lot's going in my head, but I heard Lexi talking about humility, you know, and this brings me back to humility because it, I can't save those people. I can't keep people sober and I can't make them drink. I have to do the work so that I can say this prayer. God, let your love shine through me like a fog light so that those who are more lost, sick and dying can find your love through me. It's our responsibility to keep God in our program and keep our light shining and offer it to the people. But if they don't take it, we got to give it to God. We can't shoulder the, you know, the entire burden of all the world and the troubles and our friends at relapse. It overcomes us. And I work in that field, you know, so I have to be reminded of that constantly, that it is not my responsibility. I will sit and I will go through with these young ladies in early, in early recovery, the horror (laughs) of my past. Like I share that with them, but they can also, it's my responsibility to keep that love and that light in my eyes so that they go, what does she have? You know, I, I, I can't convince them. I can only keep that light shining in me so that people want it. Mm -hmm. It's God that keeps people sober. That's it. It's all, it's all in his power. I don't know. I just need to share that. Right Thanks on. Thank you, Kelly. Boom. Marion, recovered alcoholic. Hey, Hi, Marion. It's great to be home tonight. And um, thanks for... Oh, you guys all look so good. <laughs> Lexi <laughs> killing it on the traditions. <laughs> she did. I'm so proud of y'all. And um, that's a mommy perspective. But um, I just... I just love this, and I love when Kelly was reading that and getting so choked up because it's the truth is, you guys, the Rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous, the Fellowship of Alcoholics Anonymous, the Power of God, the 12 Mm -hmm. Steps, good sponsorship, has given me the ability to be a mother tonight. 
and and daily and to show up in my family's life and um and to be a grandmother to my eight grandchildren and to be a a a good fiance and to be a good friend and to to show up for my family and um and that's so beautiful. But I learned that here, just like Kelly was talking about. I learned all that in the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous, how to practice these principles in, all, in my homes, my occupations, and my affairs, and being able to be a, a sober member in my home. So I'm grateful, and it's good to be at home group tonight. Great. Love you guys. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you, Marion. Before we close up oh, real hi. quick, I wanted to – can you hear me on this mic? Yeah. yeah. Okay, before we close up real quick, I wanted to – uh, when we see a man sinking into the mire that is alcoholism, we give him first aid and place what we have at his disposal. If you're a recovered alcoholic, raise your hand. Right, so everyone who didn't raise their hand, the people who are, raise their hand are the medics, right? It's like how I can think of it, first aid. So we're the medics. It's kind of like World War II or, or AK or Afghan, whatever. Like these people bleeding out, it's our duty. And I always point this out, like we are the recovered alcoholics there to patch up the people who are bleeding out. Every chapter you look in this book, it refers back to working with another alcoholic. Yeah. Yes. Thank yeah. you. Thank you, Fred. So I like the, the Kelly talked about, you know, if, if people are doubting your sincerity, people don't think you're going to get this thing, work the steps, get connected to God, let God shine through you like a fog light and uh, let them see who you really are. Because you know, a lot of times family members, friends who know us, they look at us as going like, oh, this is the same old do do over again and serious with his mask, ask him Mr. Sober and stuff like that. They want to, like the husband wants to take over the checking account, you know, wants to take the family car out and, and the family's, you know, they're gun shy because dad has been through this. But once you get this, you don't have to explain it because people see it. It's in your eyes and it's the way you act. So let's wrap this thing up. Hi. Thank you, Kelly. That's for Kelly. Yes. <laughs> I think I'm not sure. But I think we're going to have a hoedown afterwards up the street. So anybody wants to find out about recovery in Montana? Is that Montana. how you say that? Montana. 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 We'll be going to the. We're going to go. We're going to do the Floridian <laughs> afterwards. So join us for the Floridian to hear some Montana stories. Do you ever see Buffalo? Oh yeah, right. Right. Right up the road. Right up the road. Yeah. Um, is it true you guys and have you eagles can, like we can, have squirrels? You can drive along, and um, I used to go buy eggs at this ranch, and it was like 40 minutes away from my house up dirt roads, and they have a they have a buffalo ranch right up the road from our house. Do you have any yaks? Yaks? Yaks. yaks. No, no, no yaks. yaks? Okay. We had Fred alpacas. used to get drunk and yak a lot. <laughs> you got to be yakking me. Yaks. <laughs> Aren't they like alpacas? <laughs> alpacas. Uh, ooh, Okay. Fred, focus. All right, sorry. Mike from Chase, a, focus. From A Vision for You, page 164. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you could do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But you obviously cannot transmit something you haven't got. Um, see to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. So abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past and give freely of what you find and join us. 
We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you'll surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. Okay, I, I love saying this part right here, so it's a tongue twister. It is the practice of the Fort Lauderdale Primary Purpose Big Book Study Group for group members, sponsors, to introduce their new sponsees by presenting them with a sponsorship medallion. Does anyone want to do so tonight? Oh, oh right. boom shakalaka. Um, Hi. Don't you know? Oh, don't. Did she teach you the dance yet? No. Oh. Okay. Marion recovered alcoholic and uh, all the way from Montana, we have a gal named Kelly and we just went through 5, 6 and 7 this weekend. And Kelly, yeah. On behalf of Alcoholics and God, welcome to the family. Welcome. Testing one. Yeah, I met this guy around town a little while, um, known him, and one of those times, you know, God just gets to you and says, you're probably going to end up bringing the book through this guy through the book. We're bringing this guy through the book. His name is Kyle. Get up here, little Skittle. Yeah, Kyle. Welcome. <clears throat> well, take the long way up. You guys, get his phone number, reach out to him. He needs a bunch of people in his life. Welcome. Thank you. Julie. That was it. Hi, I'm Jessica. I'm a recovered alcoholic. Hey, Jess. Hey, Jess. And I want to present um, sponsorship medallion to Heather. She's been doing really good. I'm very proud of her. Yeah. She's had a few ups and downs. And yeah, Heather, welcome. But she's doing awesome. Awesome. Hi, recovered alcoholic Peter. I had the opportunity to meet this young lady Thursday night at my sponsors group, and... Um, she asked me if I could sponsor her, and I was like, whoa. Um, and, you know, I spoke to my sponsor about it, and he says, yeah, why not? You know, go ahead. Um, so i like to present um, Alexandra with a coin. Alexandra. <laughs> Welcome to the family. All right. Is anyone celebrating a year more of sobriety who would like a medallion? How about next week? We got any celebrants next week, year or more? Cool. What's happening Thursday, by the way? Um, Allie B. Yeah, okay. What session? Uh, session 10. 10, okay. She's on so fire. She... She's good. The fire department's already showed up a couple of times. She is awesome. You made me Gals think... show up and support her. She's fantastic. I thought the hot dog extravaganza. I was like, no, not yet. You that's that's coming next. Okay, that's in a couple weeks. Because okay. we got something going on this weekend, too, don't we? Yes, Fellowship of the Spirit. Is what time any, is that? It is, so I believe it starts around 5.30. Registration Friday at 5.30. 5.30. We got speakers up until 9. You'll be home by 10, bedtime. It starts again Saturday morning at 9 o'clock. This is up in Deerfield Beach, which is just a hop, skip, and a bump. I'm trying to say that word. Hop, skip, and a jump. jump. Hop, skip, and a jump up in Deerfield. And they got free parking. How much is that parking? Free. Free parking next door. We got flyers in the back. I have tickets for sale. Check it out. Is there anyone in need of a big book sponsor? Please raise your hand. <laughs> All right. Would anyone like to become a member? If you would like to become a member of this group, please join us after the meeting to fill out a membership card. Uh, can all home group members raise your hands? And who's going to stick around and help tear down the group? 
Wow, look at all them people. Thanks for joining us tonight. We hope to see you next week. Thursday evening is our Alcoholics and God Step Series Workshop. Starts at 7.15 downstairs in the Fellowship Hall. And if you want to get to know us, show up at 5.30 to be part of the magic that puts the room together. Please wait till you're 75 feet away from the doors to vape or smoke or look like a... Dragon. Good. So we're going to close with the Lord's Prayer. You want to get us started on that there, Lord's Prayer? If it's on? I'm loud enough. No, I'll do it. Oh, it's on now. Oh, okay. God, or God, mean, our, our Father.
zan 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 oh when you smiling when you smiling the whole smiles with you Yes, when you laughing, ba 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 when you laughing. Yes, the sun comes shining through. But when you crying. the rain So stop your singing baby And be happy again Yes and keep on smiling Keep on smiling baby And I hope
Michael Chase, here's that song you've been asking me for for a million years. I finally pulled it out the pulled it out the corners of my mind, and um, here you go. Fog is lifted. See the light, count my blessings when I go to sleep at night and I dream now. Uh-huh. Fear has left me and I'm standing tall. A pile of bricks now lies where once there stood a wall that I hid behind. For all this time. Sometimes it takes a burning bush or a great white light to set you right. Well, my eyes don't cry now, and I'm out to die. Pity party's over, the guest of honor has arrived, and he's on my side. For the first time in my life. are green now, growing vines, they twist and turn each way, flowers blooming all the time, right outside my door, but never before, I had to change everything to realize that today is the best day of my life. 
song is. God bless. I love you, Mike Chase. Bye. I think you know this one, don't you? Young and free, baby. 
Just won't set me free. Well, clap your 